And she's like, Dad, I've read this Bible like 10 times. I need a new one. And I'm like, really? 10? Yeah, she's like, I read it all the time. And she does. She'll read it on the way to school. She reads it to her little brother at night. But the pure joy that she gets out of, and I bought her another Bible, a little, little more intricate Bible. And just the pure joy on her face to get something that had more words, a chapter book that she can read, something a little harder. She's pushing herself as she's developing her skills. Where did we lose that? Amen? I wish I got as excited for my Bible time as she does. And I think that's something we've kind of lost along the way. Before I go too much farther, though, I'm going to bow and we'll say a word of prayer. If you would, please bow with me. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, Lord. Just grateful and thankful, Lord, for the opportunity to be here this morning. Gathered together with like-minded people, Lord, seeking the same thing. Lord, we're all searching. Lord, we're seeking. Lord, we're here for one purpose. And that's to give honor and glory to your name. Lord, we're so thankful that we live in a place, in a country that we can do so freely, Lord, without fear of persecution. Lord, we don't know how much longer that's going to last. Lord, help us desire you in a way that we couldn't get distracted with the things that are happening. Lord, that that desire and hunger would burn deep inside of us for eternity. God, that we would always desire you first in every situation. Lord, that, that prayer and seeking you would be first resort, not last resort. Lord, and we talk to people and, and tell them we'll pray for you that it's not the least that we could do, but it's the most that we can do, Lord. Lord, we just pray that you would soften our hearts and minds this morning, Lord, and, and make us moldable and make our hearts plowable. Lord, that you would take this seed, Lord, that you would sow it so deep that we can't get rid of it. God, that our bodies would be temples for your spirit, Lord, that we could just pour out on other people the things that you give us and the strengths that you put inside of us. God, help us come together today as one body under one, one head, which is Christ. Lord, help us realize our strength and unity, God, in that body. Lord, help us build one another up today, Lord, as we look towards you. Lord, as we stand on your strength and promises from your book and your word. Lord, we just love you and thank you for everything that you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Palm Sunday is the Sunday before the greatest thing that ever happened and also the worst thing that ever happened. I'm going to be in Matthew chapter 21 for the most part today. The thing that I could not get out of my mind all week was preparation. Preparation. Things worth preparing for. You guys with little kids and babies, I've been there. It's not a simple act of just getting up and going somewhere. It is a pack three bags and a couple totes and the back seat of the car is full and we got some strapped up on top so that we can go to the grocery store and pick up a can of soup. I've been there. It's still kind of like that. It, it's a whole fiasco to go somewhere and do anything. But as you go along and as you, your kid gets older and, 
it takes less and less prep time, you'll realize that you forget more and more things because you don't have a whole operation of preparation that you have to go through. And so without preparation, we tend to miss things. We tend to walk off without them and leave them behind. Thank God that he is the ultimate preparer and knew what we would need. It's Palm Sunday, and I'm going to read the story. They prepared Jesus' path to come back into Jerusalem for something so exciting, or should be so exciting for us, because he was preparing the way. Anyway, I'm going to jump in, Matthew 21, starting in verse 1. It says, And when they drew nigh into Jerusalem and were come to Bethage, Bethpage, unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say, Ought unto you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. And this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, the king cometh unto thee, meek, and sitting upon a donkey, and a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now that prophecy comes from Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. He said, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon a donkey and upon a colt, the foal of a donkey. It was foretold. It was prophesied about. He was preparing a way. Except for Zacharias said one thing that I think should stand out to everybody. Having salvation. He's not just a king that is coming to you. As they often thought that Jesus was just a king, that he was going to come and he was going to take over the land and he was going to be a ruler of the people and allow them to exercise Christianity. They had no concept of how great of a king was coming to them. Zechariah tried to tell them that he was a king that is bringing salvation for your soul. He's a king that's not only going to set you free from these worldly things, but he's going to give you access to eternal life, which is way better than anything that could ever be down here. Anything that could ever be done under the sun. So when they got foretold, when they were telling and they were prepping the way for this king, they were like, my gosh, he's going to be great. We've got to go get him these things. We've got to prepare this way because a king is coming. He's going to be a great ruler. He's going to rule over the land. He's going to allow us to worship freely a God that we love and that we trust in. But they came up short. As great as all those things are, they missed out on the best thing. They had their eyes fixed on worldly things. They had their eyes set looking around them. They weren't set on looking up. 
So I ask you this morning, when you were preparing to come to church, where did you set your eyes? I spend a lot of time praying for this church and the churches around our nation and every person attending churches around this nation that our eyes would be open, that we would look up before we get there, that we would prepare ourselves before we got there, that when we got there, everything from that point on would be the best thing that we could ever get. That we would be open to receive God's word and God's blessings. And that we could pour out blessings onto other people by a shake of the hand or a smile. But if you didn't prepare for you got here, then you spent the first time in the first part of the service preparing. You wasted a little bit of time. And I can tell you that as things get worse in this world, the time is drawing closer and time is of the essence. They didn't realize in preparing a way for what they thought was an earthly king how close the time was. His own disciples didn't understand what was happening, although he told them time and time again what is about to take place and what has to happen. But they didn't get it because they were looking around at these earthly things, and that's what we get wrapped up in, looking around at earthly things and not preparing our hearts. And not preparing our minds for things that are eternal. Things that are everlasting. I'm as guilty as anybody else to spend more time preparing for my job than I do my eternal life. Is anybody else in here guilty of that? I'm going to keep reading. Well, if I get to the right spot, I will. Matthew chapter 21, verse 6. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the donkey and the colt, put, them, put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. <laughs> Swing and a miss. I think it's important, though, if you would look and you talk about on earth, here's some of the most, uh, what everybody would classify important, when they roll out the red carpet, or you're talking about walking the red carpet, they prepare a way of a precious material so that important people can stay on the right path, right? Well, Jesus came to prepare a way for important people like you and me.
because he called us by name to walk on the right path. These people did not understand what they were preparing for. They knew that Jesus was important. They knew that he had power, that he had done works and miracles, and they knew that he was going to be a man of importance. But their thoughts were limited. Their minds were limited on how great he could be. And I feel that way in today's society as we lack preparation, that we're falling short of how great a power that we can have through Christ Jesus. He gave us salvation as a free gift that we wouldn't have to work for it. All we would have to do is choose to accept it. But he gave us power as well. And he gave us love that we can share with other people. But I can tell you if you're not preparing to show love to somebody that is yelling in your face, then you're probably going to yell back, right? And you're going to tell them just how sorry and how bad that they are. But if you've spent time meditating on God's word and preparing your heart for the battles that are to come, because he tells us as children of the king, the battles are coming your way. Satan is coming for you. Satan is coming after your children. Guess what? He gives us the tools to win. He gives us the word how to defeat, a game plan, a set of instructions to prevail. It's not always going to be easy. We talked about in Sunday school this morning about how Satan often attacks after you've hit that pinnacle. You're up on high and you've worked hard and you've fought and you've climbed and you've struggled through the mud and you reach that top and you feel closer to God than ever. Then here comes Satan flying in. Why? Because you're sitting up there basking in the glory and you forgot about the drive and you forgot about the armor of God today. Because yesterday was a great day. I was close to God yesterday, but it does not take very long. One weak moment and Satan knows you. He knows your weaknesses. He knows when to attack you. And when your guard is down, he will do such things. But if we are preparing for the battle, even if caught blindsided, we will have a plan of attack. We will have a plan. We will have a rock-hard foundation that we can fall on that we cannot fall past if we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior. I'm going to flip back up to Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah. I'll get it right here in a second. Isaiah 62. Some more prophecy of Jesus' for coming to Jerusalem, starting in verse 10. It says, Go through, go through the gates. Prepare ye the way of the people. Cast up, cast up the highway. Gather out the stones. Lift up a standard for the people. Verse 11, Behold, the Lord hath proclaimed unto the end of the world. Say ye to the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy salvation cometh. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. And they shall call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And thou shalt be called, sought out, a city not forsaken. 
when we seek the Lord, when we seek the Lord, and when we're preparing for the battles, when we've got our guard up and we've got a plan, and we're walking steadfast in the Lord's word and in the Lord's way, it does not matter what shall come to pass, because it is only for a season. A season is temporal. It may seem like a long time while we're walking here on this earth, a battle with an addiction, a battle with a disease, hardships in life. I ain't got no money. It doesn't matter if it lasts a lifetime. It's only for a season for the things that truly matter. Because guess what? I had a Savior come to earth. He experienced everything I could ever experience, and He prevailed. And he was crucified for my sins, that I would have a path. He prepared a path for me for eternity. Amen? This is a great thing. This is a great weekend. We're in preparing for one of the greatest things that have ever happened in the course of history. We are preparing this weekend. The path has been laid out for us. We are preparing to receive a king. If you've already received a king, then you better prepare for the battles because they're coming. And you better prepare to help the person next to you because they're going to reach out their hands so that you can lift them up. Or you can reach down to your kid and you can pick them up and dust the dirt off of them and tell them it's going to be all right knowing that you stand on the promises of the king. That's what they need to know. Your children need to know that they're always going to be okay. And you can tell them that in full assurity because you stand on the promises of the king and you know that every book, every word in this book is true and that he offers salvation for people that will accept it. He has prepared a way for us. Are you prepared to receive him? Are you prepared for his second coming? I can tell you right now that some people are going to be left in these pews when he comes back. What a sad day. Almost there. Didn't make it. Almost there. Didn't make it. Are you sure that the person you're sitting next to today has Jesus Christ in their heart? If you're not sure, you better ask them because you don't want to leave here without them. But guess what? When my Savior comes back, I'm going with him. Amen? It's too late at that juncture. My heart breaks for the people that don't know. But guess what? While I'm here on earth, I can prepare to tell them. I can prepare and know the truth myself so that when they ask me, why are you so happy? Where does your hope stand? My hope is in a Savior. My hope is in an eternal King. And he says that as long as I believe on him and I turn away from my sin, that I can spend eternity with him because he prepared a way for me. And the only reason I know that is because I've done a little preparing myself. I've been in God's word a little bit. Not as much as I should have. But preparation is key because he's coming back. He's coming back. 
This is not a permanent dwelling place. And if you're putting all your stock in what you have here, then you're putting it in the wrong spot because it's going to burn. It's going to fall. Stop preparing for work tomorrow and prepare for eternal life. Worry a little bit less about the things on this earth and a whole lot more about the things above. I think it's funny when we talk about preparation, we're in Matthew 21. If you flip over to Matthew chapter 25, we've got a few parables right here talking about preparation. I'm going to kind of hit the highlights. The parable of the ten virgins says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened to ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept, and at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. There's going to be no, hold on just a second. Hold on, give me five more minutes. I need just five more minutes. I've got to go in and I've got to figure out some things. God, just give me a little bit more time. That is now. He is giving you a little bit more time now. It's not to say that you'll have this afternoon. But now is the time. In verse 11, afterwards came also the other virgins saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. That should scare the life out of people. I pray that I will never, ever hear those words. And I know... That if I got Jesus Christ in my heart and I know that I spend some time preparing and then I get to know my Savior, that I will never hear those words because of His promises. I will never hear those words because I know what His promises are. The parable of the talons. We talked about this the other day when we were talking about gifts of the Spirit in Wednesday night study. Wednesday night study, also a great time. Sunday school in the morning, what a great place to learn what the Bible says. To get together with people that are like-minded you are, and you'll figure out that they're just as dumb as you are. Right, Max? Kenny, Genesis is towards the front. We figured that out. See, we're one step ahead, planning together. We're preparing together. We talked about the parable of the talents, though. A master came in and he gave talents. He gave five talents to one, two to one, and one to one. So you got three people. One has five, one has two, and one has one. The five and the two, they take their money. 
They take what their master has given them and they double it. They turn it into better. Then you've got the one. He was scared. He was scared of his master and he took his talent and he buried it. He didn't use it at all. When the master came back, he talked to the guy with five talents. And his master said to him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's what I want to hear. Who else wants to hear that? Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the glory of thy Lord. Amen. Amen. We're preparing today to hear that verse. We're here today learning about who our Savior is and why He came so that we can hear these words. There's no reason for anybody to hear anything else. You're hearing it today. The second one came. He doubled his money. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou unto the joy of the Lord. Again, take what he has given you. And everybody has been given that is a child of the king. Don't say he hasn't gave me anything. I have felt nothing. I'm a Christian, but I've got no talents. He gave me nothing. No, the Lord gave you something. You have not spent enough time trying to find it. Because sometimes we like to take what he has given us and we like to bury it deep down inside so we're not responsible to use it so that we don't see it. We can kick it to the back so we don't have to use it. I can tell you right now what the Lord has given you is not a curse. It is a blessing. Sometimes it gets up hard to tell people, stand up here and tell them that if they don't accept Jesus Christ, they're going to hell. It gets hard to do that. It's not a nice thing to say. But this is a blessing. Be able to stand behind that pulpit in front of this church, giving the truth to His people. I'm not saying it doesn't get hard and that I don't get tired, but it is a blessing every time I get to do it. It is not a curse. Do not hide what the Lord has given you to use. It may be a smile. We're not all Billy Grahams, man. It doesn't have to be these great, huge things to make a great, huge impact. Because guess what? Somebody influenced Billy Graham. Somebody helped out Paul. His name was Barnabas. You don't hear a whole lot about him. Man, you sure hear a whole lot about Paul. It does not have to be huge things to make a huge impact. Wednesday night service. Fifteen kids. Glorious thing. Amen. Fifteen kids, two of which had never been to church. Amen. Victories. Victories. That's what we're here for. We're going to sharpen our tools that the Lord gave us to use because we've all been given a weapon. We get to the last one. 
Verse 24. Then he which had received the one talent came in and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping wherever thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and I went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said to him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knowest not that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and to then at my coming I should have received my own with usury. He's telling him, you should have done something. You should have done something. You did nothing. I gave you this and you did nothing. You did nothing with it. I know that the Lord looks down at me sometimes and he goes, son, I gave you these things. I gave you these blessings. I poured out on you my spirit. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? I know he looks down at me and says that sometimes. But I know then there's those other times where I can feel God moving inside of me, where I can feel him burning inside of me, and I can feel his smile. I can feel his love. We can all feel that. He has paved the way for us to feel these things. But he did nothing. He did nothing. Verse 28, take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him that hath ten talents. Take it, give it to the other person that's going to do something with it. You don't need it, you're not using it. Verse 29, for unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. I want you to listen to this right here because this is not easy to say. Verse 30, and cast ye the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of the teeth. That's not easy to say. God wishes none to perish, and he has given you all the things that you need to succeed in life and for eternal life and to have life abundance. Not just regular life. He wants us to stand out. He wants us to stand up. He wants us to be proud of who we are without being arrogant and prideful. There's a difference. I can stand for what I believe. I can be proud of what God has made me. But you've got to remember where it comes from. Last parable. Starting in verse 31. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory. And before Him shall be gathered all nations. I want you to listen to this. He doesn't say some nations. He doesn't say choice nations. He doesn't say bad nations. He doesn't say good nations. 
What does he say? All nations. Here comes the hard part. Are we ready? And before him shall he shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. He's been planning a long time for us in here in heaven. He's been... He's been making my ticket for a long time so that when the time has come, I can punch it and go home. This is not on a whim. If you think I'm standing up here by case in point just on a whim, you're mistaken. God had plans for me. God knew me. He took the time to form me. As he did you. As he did every person in this room. There was a lot of preparation that went into work. If you think preparation is not important, I would look at the example that truly matters and ask yourself one question. Why did he prepare so much? Go looking. That crazy pastor up there today told me the Lord blessed me with something. I don't have a clue what it is. He's just crazy. Am I? Am I? I mean, maybe a little bit. But he's given you something. If you haven't found it yet, I'll bet that's because you haven't looked yet. And if you know what it is, and you're not using it, you're walking on a thin line. Who says, as we read in scripture this morning, the one that isn't gathering is scattering. There's no middle ground of a person just sitting off to the side of the field watching it play out. That's not mentioned anywhere in the Bible. He says, you're either gathering and helping gather my sheep and pulling together my flock, or you're scattering it out, making it harder for everybody else. There's one of two ways. There's no middle. I'm going to sit on the sidelines and watch how this plays out. Because if you're not helping, you're hindering. So on this Sunday, let the preparations begin for a path to a certain salvation. This is just the opening weekend of a show that's going to last all week. Is it going to last all week in your heart? Are you going to keep it all week? Here's a scary thought. How about it goes past Easter? (gasps) Mm. I'm going to carry it past Easter? I'm going to start reading my Bible? I'm going to start preparing to answer the question, where does your hope come from? So that when somebody asks me, I might have an answer. Guess what? You might pave the way. Or show them where Jesus paved their way. 
you might lead them to a path that's paved out for them. Because guess what? We have the ability to help. We have the ability to love. Here's a tough one. We have the ability to forgive. Mm. Yeah, that's a tough one. But think about it this week. As you go out throughout your week, what you're preparing for. Jesus knew what was coming. If everybody else had done the same preparation work, they would have known what was coming too. But Jesus was coming into Jerusalem and they were preparing his way. Little did they know how big of an impact that this man was going to have. But they were doing the things to help prepare his way. I ask you this week to get into your Bible. Know what I'm going to say next weekend or at least touch on. I don't know what the Lord's going to give me for a word next week. But I can bet you that there's a few things that are going to be mentioned as we prepare for the ultimate sacrifice. If you don't know what I'm talking about, know what I'm talking about before next Sunday and come up to me and be like, I figured out what you were talking about. I get excited about that stuff. I've had a bunch of people tell me, you know, you can't just touch on stories because some people, they don't know what you're talking about. I was that person a long time ago. I'm like, I have no peace. Everybody knows the story. Not me. I didn't know it. But guess what? A little more preparation and you'll know it. We're going to open up the altars today. The ultimate preparation for eternal life is your salvation through Jesus Christ. If you would, please stand with me. Jesus Christ paved a way for you. Every person has their own path to walk down, but they all lead to one of two gates. One's a nice, pretty wide gate, easy to walk through. I can imagine as wide as I am, the other gate, I'm probably going to have to turn sideways, and I'm going to have to slide through like this. But I'll be just as happy doing that because the way was made for me. That I could live eternal life on the right hand of the, of the Father. That I could live in the presence even if it's at His feet. That I could sing glory and praise to Him the rest of my days. If you haven't prepared for your salvation, today is the day. The path has been cleared. We can usher you there, but we can't make you walk it. The choice is yours. Preparation starts now. The preparations are now. You have a father that is standing there with arms wide open, ready to receive you because of what Jesus Christ did. Know him today you may not have tomorrow and guess what if you don't have tomorrow you'll be thankful that you made preparations today because there won't be no weeping and gnashing of the teeth where you're going if you accept Jesus Christ as your savior it will be praise and he says there'll be no more tears it'll be happiness and joy like we've never imagined
The altars are open. Come receive the Father. He's waiting. Make your preparations today. Make them today. Let today slip by. Today is just as good as tomorrow. It's better. That's why they call it the present. Since it's a gift from God, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Anybody else searching for something this morning? Annika will keep playing. We'll keep waiting. Don't let it pass by today. Don't let it pass by. If there's nobody else, Brother Roger, would you mind dismissing us this morning in a word of prayer?